Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. just tried it for the first time as i was coming in and i was like just in your speakers on stream yard sounds like it's working (laughs) it got me laughing (laughs) yeah it was kitschy but it wasn't that kitschy (laughs) well i'd like to thank our sponsor stream (laughs) yard right here off the top maker of fine streaming products i mean how, how long have you been using stream yard years right feels like a long time Time is a flat circle, Ariel. <laughs> Are we going to talk we about no... the anniversary thing? The, that we didn't celebrate? Yes, I think we should. <laughs> I just, I can't believe I forgot that the first year was 2012, not 2013. What anniversary, you ask? Why, the, the, the 11th anniversary of Full of Sound and Fury podcast beginning today, as we record on January 28th. I'm time stamping this because I think it might actually be important. <laughs> 2023. I'm Cyrus Morazavi of Kirkland, Washington. Apparently, I don't know when the hell I do things anymore. Uh, with us, I think, with an actual concept of time and its all its trappings, is Ariel Rodriguez of Austin, Texas. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, maybe, maybe I have some concept of time. I don't know. I'm sure. You, I'm sure your child is working on beating that out of you. Yes, yes, and also just uh, my general health. I. I think this is my fifth time being sick in as many months. Uh, school. Gotta love it. The, the Petri dish of America. I've been okay this winter, which I didn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, dang, I don't wish this on anybody. <laughs> I got a brief cold right after Thanksgiving that I beat in like a day and a half. I don't know right. how. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sick right before christmas for like a week and joe my wife she was sick for two weeks with the same thing like daughter got it first of course got gets it at school that's negative for covid wasn't that thankfully and she you know kid got over it in like four days i got it took me a week then my wife got it last and it was two weeks she had to go to the urgent care they tested her for like strep rsv covid again flu all negative so whatever it was Again, the Petri dish of America <laughs> created it, and uh, it was tough. And now we're back. We're, we're back for another round just, you know, a month later. It's just it's the same. I mean, this would be expected after we were masking for like a year, year and a half. So the idea that they went through like seven things and they were like, nope, something else is unfortunately not too surprising. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've swabbed you for everything we know to test for and nothing. So uh, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, so keep doing that because it could be one of these things we just don't know yet. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Thank you. I thought this was going to be a low key episode where we're just going to talk Star Trek in advance of Picard season three. Ooh. But oh my God, a lot of shit has happened already this year. (laughs) Or maybe it's just me and my my little sphere of things I'm interested in, but it feels like the world has just been chaos. (laughs) Oh, that. Yeah, I, I agree. For sure. Yeah. What's going on with you besides just being down with all the sicknesses? Um, let's see. Since the last time we talked, what did I do? Well, we talked about the DC stuff last time, I think, you and I. 
We All talked right. about when did we talk about Wednesday? No. So there's that. Because <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't watched it yet. Okay, okay. I think I was just but, starting to watch it. But that's good. What I was earlier yes. was alluding to was this whole Hasbro fiasco. Yes, I was going to bring that up too. Like the yeah. Mr. Called OGL and just yeah. Hasbro in general. I was looking at some of the other Hasbro, you know, uh, market, you know, financial markets stuff. They, they ain't doing so hot. Uh, no, nobody like, is. Yeah, that's that's fair. But in particular, them, it seemed like uh, some of their D and D Wizards of the Coast stuff was a bright spot in their business uh over the 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 last you know few quarters or so which is surprising that then they would try to go and you know mess it up it's surprising that they screwed it up well is it surprising though that they screwed this up when they were like you know what we this golden egg we need more we need to squeeze more out of it yeah i mean in in a cynical sense no not surprising at all but you think they would just like if everything else is failing around you maybe don't don't try to around too much with the one thing that's working until you fully understand it but i guess that's not capitalism that's that's something else it's not american capitalism <laughs> sure. I, I want to emphasize that I, i'm not anti-capitalism if we just in this country we've decided to do it not the best evidently <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is i think we have a happy ending here yeah it was good to see that news at, just yesterday right at, yeah uh usually when they when they <laughs> have these press releases on friday it's because it's bad news and they want to go home and hide (laughs) (laughs) but no they were like open gaming license 1.0 we've decided due to (laughs) upon further review that this is what you guys want and we're going to cement it for all time and we're actually adding a new one under creative commons for srd the whole thing smacks of them getting back to your original point was asbro it was like one of the few things making money and they saw how much money they weren't making on it, more importantly, over at Amazon's Critical Role television series, which we'll come back to because there, there's there, there's a lot to talk about there, I think, too. Right. So they were like, well, all right, maybe we're going to refine the Oak gaming license to where it's now a licensed product. Which, That's a mighty know, nice franchise you have there. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for two weeks, everyone lost their goddamn minds. I think the toxicity of YouTube and other social media actually worked in the fandom's favor because it was able to like be because because it, it was it was only seen as a negative like because there were parts of that I think that were trying to be good they were trying to stamp stamp out things like hate speech and stuff like that and and that's and that's awesome it's just that licensing thing fee structure was going to be pretty odious as someone who actually wants to like do projects under the uh ogl myself and you know you and i both have people in our lives that have profited from it yeah and so yeah this that, that was a huge deal and for them to just be like okay well we fucked up and we're gonna put it back it's not like a return of the jedi win for the rebel alliance but it feels <laughs> you know like it's it's more like the new hope vader's still out there spinning around in his tie fighter he's <laughs> probably he's gonna come he's back <laughs> yeah yeah but he, we kicked him in the nuts yeah Keep Vader spinning. That's the that's the, <laughs> the, the minimum victory conditions here. Yeah, I think I think so. So I because I think the cynical take on the release, and there's some truth to it, is that there's no there's nothing saying that with the the new edition that's in development under the project name One D and D, 
has to be bound by the OGL 1.0. And hopefully they'll be smart enough to do that. I, I, I'm selfish say I hope so, because that this virtual tabletop that they're talking about building on top of Massive Engine, oh my god, that's going to be awesome. Sounds cool. Yeah, and I, so I really hope I get the chance to play with that, and, you know, without having to, like, <laughs> owe them money on some level for creative content I created. Yeah, it's just like you gotta you gotta recognize how you got here, right? As a as a company in terms of their success and what kind of community they built around. It's if you forget that, you lose sight of that, and you're trying to just go for as maximizing profit. You you step on a lot of toes, and you get what happened. I mean, I think it's it's a little bit different than like I don't know how to put it. Like I, I want to say fan art, but it's not the same. Um, it's it, it it's taken on like that because of the way things were licensed and what people have built with it and the community communities people have built around it. It's not like Hasbro, uh, Wizard of the Coast, whatever, can just kind of start collecting protection money on, on that stuff all of a sudden. <laughs> it's just that's not how they got here. It and is very like, Tulsa gonna... Tulsa mob. What the hell is that? That's yeah. just a show. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I Tulsa know what you're King. talking about. Yeah, it's not. It's not that. And and it's like, what made you think that? Did you not talk to anybody? Bro, I think the answer is, of course, no. Of course, they didn't. But it's like, man, was it obvious as soon as the, the anybody got a whiff <laughs> of what was going on that this was not going to fly? Um, I, I'm I guess I'm glad we're in a better as as a fandom and a, the whole thing in and of itself. I hope I'm glad it's in a better place as of yesterday than it was. And and all but also I'm glad that the other folks that were doing other you know, coming up with other licenses and other, other, uh, you know, rule sets and stuff are still doing that. Cause I think competition is healthy because it does help make everybody more resilient to nonsense like this that comes out. Uh, you know, turns out competition also part of capitalism is good. It's again, it's basic thing of capitalism, not necessarily American capitalism, <laughs> fair, which, fair. Is, which yeah. is my, which is my critique <laughs> of what we do here in the States. We don't actually really do capitalism anymore and haven't for like four decades. But it's, and this, I guess, to be probably admittedly being glass half full about the whole debacle, but it's been nice over the last year because this, this sort of thing has happened a couple times where our ability to vote with our dollars still seems to really matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the dearly departed Bob Chapek, <laughs> everyone, everyone blamed, you know, his woke agenda on being one of the reasons he was ousted, but... That's that's revisionist history. That's not what happened. They didn't do anything, and the cast members said "fuck this" and walked out, and forced the the board's hand. Yeah. They 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 then you know put their hand right in a bucket of shit because they because they <laughs> they tried to hurry out a reasonable response in a, in a small time frame. But the employees the employees made them do that. People have people have power like that, and they you know, they should exercise it. And sometimes it's hard because of the way that as you were just, you know, alluding to with American, American version of capitalism, we've let the folks that have the most power kind of intimidate or build systems that make people think they don't have that power, but they do. And when you exercise it properly, things improve. We make the rich rich. And it's important to remember that. Yeah. It's okay to, to kick them in the nuts when they overstep. Hell yeah. I, I would I would posit that's actually how it's supposed to work. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Going back to competition. So I guess all's well that 
ends okay there. I yeah. Let's see. Let's yeah. see how the rubber meets the road here when everything kind of yeah. gets going. Yeah. So that so that so that was that, that that part was good. But the other part of January is like watching my two favorite soccer teams just kind of set everything <laughs> on fire for different reasons. <laughs> that hasn't been great. The Seattle Sounders, one week from today, are going to be playing in the FIFA Pro World Cup, which is a huge fucking deal. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about <laughs> this new fucking kit sponsor that everyone hates. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it, that's really tragic. I want to talk about how we're going to lose to Real Madrid seventeen to nil, but no, I have to be worried about this this Christo fascist fucking hospital <laughs> that's on my on my Ugh. kid apparently. And here's again speaking of ugly American capitalist truths. Any company that can afford to put pay us seven million dollars to have their fucking logo on her kit's gonna have skeletons in their closet sure yeah no doubt there's it's nothing just, ethical about anything right like yeah not a certain skeleton it just can't be right the problem was even given that they they, they picked a sponsor that whose particular whose skeletons were particularly odious for this metropolitan demographic <laughs> yeah it's not Again, it's like, just talk to the people that live where you live that work on, like, it's not hard. <laughs> One wouldn't think, and yet, here we are. I mean, I'm not saying that you got to put everything up to a vote. Just, you know, do a few surveys. Throw, <laughs> throw a few ideas out there to some select people, you know, pay them for their opinion, and maybe you'll you'll get some valuable information back. Seriously, surveymonkey.com. It's not expensive. Jesus. <sighs> That, that, we're dealing with that instead of like being excited about our new Bruce Lee themed away kit that's coming here next month, or like I said, yeah, being be in Morocco for these really yeah. non-friendly international teams. But no, we're we're <laughs> we're talking about boycotting our team and our fucking kit sponsor and all this other shit. So, and then Liverpool just oh my god, <laughs> I saw you tweeting a little bit about this kind of stuff. <laughs> What's fascinating, and I, I won't go into this too long, because I don't I'm international soccer on an American podcast. I, I don't think that's going to be the greatest radio. <laughs> they, the the media here keeps talking about them how they're just they've they they're now a mid table team, and that's not true. They are playing relegation level soccer right now. It it's dire. The the midfield is just it's a bunch of guys in their thirties who look like they're in their forties right now. Oh man, we have this collection of like really talented forwards like we should be sick with talent but they come in they immediately get hurt so there's like one of them oh. at this point that hasn't gotten hurt so it's just been a flaming disaster and honestly if the fullbacks hadn't weren't playing so well because they're so damn good i think i think they really would be like in danger of relegation i think that's how bad they've yeah. been yikes and it's crazy from this is a team that like just a year ago like almost like pulled off a quad yeah i thought they were like that was my recollection. I don't follow everything too carefully, but uh, if you had asked me, like, hey, where where do you think Liverpool sits in the in the grand scheme of things, I'd say I don't know, pretty close to the top. <laughs> and then I start to see <laughs> they're losing the teams they haven't lost to in like eight decades, and yeah, stuff like that. It's you know, just like uh... woof. And yet they're like, oh, well, uh, yeah, you know, they're mid table. Are they? Or did they just collect enough points to like be in the mid table before the wheels completely came off two months ago? So, yeah, dragging your of... your your carcass into the mid table is not the same thing as earning the it, place. It's it's really not. 
Uh, Chelsea, because of the whole Russian embargo thing, they're also having a tough time of it. I'd say Pulisic might get sold out of PL, which, I, yeah, and I, I really hope that happens. Because he's not playing in PL, because I don't, I, I don't actually think he's that good. But if he goes just to AC Milan... Uh, U.S. standards. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we have a lot of players like that. Um, a number of our stars do start and are quite good for, for uh, Italy's Serie A, though. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's probably his best destiny, because he'll actually get to play there and start. So I, yeah, I do you... hope that happens. Rather than coming off the bench for 10 fucking minutes for Chelsea every once in a while. I, I mean, Gio Reyna, now that he's healthy and... Not fighting oh, with well. actually fighting with, with his coach is going to say allowed to play for Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that works out for him. Up, up to this, I, I this is probably my my sports hot take, but I don't think his career has been what people are saying it is either. There, there's a lot of hope that people that he would be like our best, but at this point, I would be I'd rather have in their prime Donovan or Dempsey. Okay. His his career is not written by any means, but. Anyway, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, they really, they did something with that Adams Family IP, didn't they? Like they, they sure uh, expanded upon it and made a, an interesting adventure. I'll be honest, I can't believe that uh, Tim Burton is executive producer and co-creator or what of this, and it, it actually had like a lot less whimsy and more like, how do I put it, like, like. I don't know the world building extended to a level that I didn't expect Tim Burton to, to like participate in or like to, to come from his mind and like actually flesh it out. I'm, I'm not giving the other writers proper credit, I'm sure, but uh, it just felt like it was more, there was more to that show than if you had shown me them, the, the, the main headlining uh, creative folks that I would have expected. And it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. It is creative cob salad. <laughs> yeah. It's what it's what you do when you have a bunch of scraps from other shit and you put it together and you make something delicious. Indeed, it, it's it's one part Adam's family, it's one part Hogwarts. Yeah, it's Riverdale. One part <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it all under the under the hands of the uh, Art Miles and Gao from Smallville. Oh, right. I think the the principal creatives. It it really works. Yeah, I was just uh, Jim Ortega many, uh... is going to be a star in the making. I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I was just looking at how like uh, Nielsen rates it as one of the top stream shows of 2022. And I don't know many, how many billion hours streamed because I guess that's the new metric for this stuff. And it's really surprising to me because that show came out like at the end of November, so it didn't have all of 2022 to accumulate that many billion hours viewed. Uh, so that's a smash hit, I would say, commercially. I'm glad you reminded me. Why didn't that come out in October? I have the same exact question. Why was that <laughs> not a Halloween show? Why was that not yeah. directly competing with Hocus Pocus 2 and Werewolf by Night and all the other stuff that came out in that time Precisely. period? Precisely. That's where my mouth is like, Disney Plus is really in, in free form and all, you know, everything under that, I'm, the mouse's umbrella of, of, <laughs> of, domina of world domination was, they, they had, they, you know, I think free form has what, the 30 days of Halloween or some such shit like that? 31, yeah. excuse me. God damn you, October. But <laughs> what a miss. I Because it, it was almost October. I, was, I think it was like November 5th. Yeah, something like that. What a strange decision. Yeah. Isn't it? Unless, of course, it just, it just wasn't ready. I guess that's possible. Yeah. 
but and I guess with their with their uh, model, Netflix model, it's got to go up all at once. You can't like just get the first two episodes done and then kind of work on the the the, the back end of the of the episodes as the as everybody kind of can watch week to week. So maybe there's a maybe this this is a little bit of an evidence of the downside of that model of if the show is not all ready to go, doesn't matter what the perfect timing would be, it doesn't go up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Because you you know that like any of those Disney Plus shows, they're not done with the whole show when it starts going. They're still doing post production on, you know, whatever you know, four or five episodes in or whatever it is. By the time the first couple episodes pop, oh, or even like your you know your traditional sitcoms from fifty to starting from fifty years ago, you know they 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 shoot them in bursts. Yeah, they had to because the you know they they used to run nine months. Right on. Or the better part of nine months. Yeah, no, that's... You know what it really reminded me of? I, I, the anime series uh, Rosario and Vampire. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. I know the title, but I never watched it. But that, that's cool. It, 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 it's very Wednesday. Like, huh. it, it's, it's it's basically the exact same premise. Um, it, it's, you know, a, a prep school, a prep school for, for monsters. Like you said, Cobb Salad, but it works. Oh, it's it, it, was, it was so good. Yeah, you know, for a while there, I was thinking... Yeah, I spent a lot of time on Disney Plus in terms of Star Wars and Marvel stuff, and uh, Prime Video had the you know Lord of the Rings and everything, and and I was watching you know a great deal of that, and I was wondering like, is Netflix going to have something for me to like watch? And then everything kind of flipped around because Wednesday had me there, and then Glass Onion. I watched Glass Onion, and I was like, okay, you know Netflix, you're whatever, you got plenty of stuff. To, to, to attract me to to this service, my my wife watches more Netflix than I do, but like Walking Dead and uh, stuff like that, which I just, just doesn't interest me. But I was then I was thinking back. Well, they have, point... they have Squid Game and they've got Stranger Things and they've they've got big things drawing people. But it just felt like there was a dry spell for me personally for a while there. No, I, I think you're right. There's parts where they they kind of go fallow. I'm not really sure what's going on there. And they're canceling shows left and right. I think that's one like well thing <laughs> that's kind that of kind brand. of come up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you, you kind of just like, well, do I dip my toes into this? Is it going to be one season and out? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a weird dynamic nowadays. <laughs> watch this or else. Yeah, they kind of say that, right? Like, you got to watch it in the first week. Otherwise, who knows? And it's like, uh, yikes. <laughs> okay, that's asking a lot of the audience sometimes. I mean, the, one of the benefits of streaming is you don't have to, like, you know, do the must-see TV nonsense uh you can just watch it whenever, right? Like that's the, you can put it aside. You can pick it up right away. You can do an episode and then wait three years and then watch the rest, whatever you want, but maybe not so much. Yeah. Their bench model would seem to be predicated around the idea of like a long tail, but they're not operating like that. It's very strange. Right. Right. Whereas Amazon, you know, is all about the, you know, the long tail and which I think will serve them pretty well going forward. They're doing pretty well on animation as well, Amazon. Yeah. I think their 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 big three in some order would be the Legend of Vox Machina, that boys series, and uh Invincible. Yeah. I think its second season's coming soon. Yeah, I just saw like a little uh teaser or whatever, it's like back half of uh twenty twenty three, like fall or something of twenty twenty three. Oh, okay, so all right, so not that soon. I just wanted to remind us that they're working on it. Yeah. In fact the uh the, it was like a like a cafeteria conversation between uh, kind of blanking on the, the 
Invincible's uh, regular uh, identity. Uh, but he's like having a he's in sitting in a in a in a cafe or like a diner with uh, the alien dude that comes at the end of the first season. And uh, they're like, well, one's episode, one or more episodes coming back. And he's like, well, we got to animate it. We got to do the, we got to do this. They gotta, he just goes through the whole process of like everything they have to do to make episodes. Uh, it's like, so it's going to be a little while. And then it, then it cuts, does a hard cut to like, you know, fall or whatever of 2023. <laughs> I'm like, good. Just tell people exactly like how much work this actually takes to make. It isn't exactly like uh, you're going to one of those AI art generators and just like typing some words and random stuff comes out. <laughs> Yeah, that that's actually clever, and they take a while. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I think I think Amazon's I I like the Amazon's approach is a little bit. I don't know. It feels like they're kind of going their own way with some of these animation projects, and then some of the stuff that they're doing. Like they've got the the dad core like uh, airport novel turned into series. <laughs> the you know demographic with like the Jack Reacher and the Tom the Tom Clancy stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terminal list stuff uh, with uh, uh, what, what's the guy? Uh, why am I blanking on everybody's names today? One of the, the Star Wars. We, we've, we've we've lived a lot of life today, and in, in this year so yeah. far, it's a lot. Like I said, a lot's, lot's been going on. But yeah, I like I like the that how like the, this the service the character of the service is different, and so it's like worth looking into what they put out because it just feels like a little bit of a different vibe. <laughs> It's chill. If I was going to give it a one-word description, it's chill. <laughs> Don't feel like I'm like I watch yeah. this or else. Yeah, right. And, and like they're dangling my child over a fucking cliff. <laughs> I have to get there at a certain time. <laughs> they're like, yeah, you, you know, when you're ready, consider yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, got that Jack Ryan. If you right. want. <laughs> and we know you want it. Well, you'll be here. I just read that uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is developing a Tomb Raider show for them, like live action. So that's interesting. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah, another just go your own way, Amazon. Do video game based stuff. God bless. I hope it works out. Video game stuff's that's... been kind of all over the place. Uh, all right, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna leave that perfect segue just hanging there. <laughs> Two episodes of The Last of Us. I assume you've watched them both. Indeed. Game changer. Pretty darn good. Already renewed for season two. I think they're doing an excellent job. I mean, Amazon thinks so. <laughs> yeah, right. They do. You got to get one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in some sense, I think the, the game is almost designed to be TV-fied at some point anyway, just rec- recollecting how the, the first game went. I haven't played the second one, but... And they they've I think they've made some great choices about what they adapt directly from the game and what they kind of tweak to, to make it sense, make more sense for the actors involved or to tighten up the story, heighten some moments that need more heightening, whatever it might be. It's great. And it's doing gangbusters. So yeah, maybe the video game curse uh, will not visit this, this particular property. Unless they fuck up the ending. I don't see how. And I mean, the ending is like I the ending of that it's, first it's game. It's a great one. It's just it it, it it puts a spike in your brain. So like they don't have to do much to like to nail it. Like if you just follow the beats and get the plot to where at this to the same point that the game first game did, people will be talking about it for a long time. I think if people that don't know about how the game ended, I, I think that maybe is a, this part of the story. It's just like it, it really I think it's breaking across the barriers. Like 
people who play the games aren't the only ones watching this thing and they're really enjoying it and it's a different they're zombies but they're not the same it's not quite the same and i really like the you know because uh what's his name craig craig mason the guy that did uh, chernobyl he's one of the executive producers you yeah, get it, that chernobyl and, and then it's the initial the original writer from naughty dog right neil something right or other? yeah neil Druckmann. yeah and you, the craig mason piece you get you get to see every episode is like the the background stuff where they have like interviews from like the 60s and 80s he's like he's got that you get that chernobyl vibe of like oh we've Both known we've been, we're gonna be fucked forever excellent yeah yeah and that none of that exists in the games that's all you can tell that's all craig mason trying to like instill that chernobyl level dread into the <laughs> weave it into the whole thing of like this has been building for a while here's your here's your lore for this whole world it's it's great and to the original author's um, incredible credit, he's he's allowing it to happen. Yeah, he's not. He's just, not being precious yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, that looks like that's going to be a very fruitful partnership. They're both killing it. Uh, speaking of killing it, has Bella Ramsey been typecast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the girl who it. murders everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You need a girl who's really violent. You give me a call. Give me a sword. Put a sword in my hand. Put a gun in my hand. Whatevs. I got you. Knife. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you need to kill, and I'm your girl. Was initially ecstatic about Anna Torv's return. Yeah. But then I was like, wait a second, Tess. No, I know. I've heard of Joel. I've heard of Ellie. I haven't right. heard of Tess. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know who she, what character she was going to play at first, and I'm like, oh, she's Tess. Well, I guess we'll just enjoy this while it lasts. <laughs> yeah. And look, she's magnificent in those two episodes. Yeah, Sorry yeah. for the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. For a game that came out how many years ago? But <laughs> God, it's 2013, maybe? Not about, about 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, they've... Not a... They're, <laughs> that was they're, they're, podcast. Yeah. They're, they're milking that... Uh, they've been milking that game because they... It came out for PS3. They remade it like they remastered or whatever for PS4 and then they've remade it for PS5 and it hasn't come out yet. And they have a, the, the second game part two, which they made for PS4, which I'm sure they will remake for PS5 and just sell it again to you for $70 instead of $60. And they're talking about part three. So like they have rehashed that first game. <laughs> like you, you could, you could buy it at least three times and have it be slightly different every time in terms of the, the graphics quality and, and little nips and tucks and, and stuff here. And yeah. There. It's wild how yeah. much they've, they've milked that thing. That's a Sony thing though. They've done, there's final fantasy seven remake part one, <laughs> shit like that. And yes. Yeah. But we're here for it. They, they do look better. So yeah, and they're classic. So that's fine. Yeah. It's kind of like frozen too. Yeah. This is a cash grab, but you did okay job <laughs> with it. So I, I'm down. <laughs> Let's let's go into the unknown. Gotta, yeah, I gotta gotta keep the IP alive, man. You gotta you gotta use this thing. Gotta sell some more figures, Legos, whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, and yeah, maybe there's a you know not, not to not to trash the creative teams that you know are tasked with putting story and art together and everything to make this work. They they do a good job with what they're tasked to do, but like it wasn't you know strictly necessary, necess- you know per se, or they they didn't build a three three-part uh, story uh, you know into a lot of these stories it's just like do what you can and see what happens and hey well here we are how many assassin's creeds are there oh 
probably about a dozen now. You got okay. the main trilogy plus two where they kept Ezio around because he was great and everybody loved him. Then you got the pirate one, which is four. And then you got Unity. There's like uh, a Greek one. Uh, there's a Viking one. There's one. Yeah, those are the like, most recent ones. There's, one there's in a Egypt. 19th century one slash Peaky yes. Vinders one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> What's going on there? That was, a, that was a really good one. I really enjoyed oh, that Was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. The one in Paris uh, during the French Revolution was probably the most maligned one. And the American uh, Revolution one. Yeah, that was that was uh, Assassin's Creed three. They stopped numbering them after a while. Like they 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 went with four to yeah. just like make people feel like they could come back, and then they stopped numbering. Yeah, that's turning into a TV show somewhere, Netflix, Amazon, somewhere as well. Oh, that that was kind of the that was why I was asking. It seems like that would be one they would want to do. Yeah, that Michael Fassbender I, movie it's... went nowhere, so they, yeah. they try again. Yes, and I'm glad they are because there's yeah. something there. It feels very cinematic. Hell yeah, yeah. So I'm don't don't be just don't do the the X Men Dark Phoenix thing where you make the same thing over again. <laughs> right. As long as you steer clear of that particular level of idiocy, you should be fine. With the what the that seed that makes the game great will rise to the top. Yeah, and it, I mean, and you got to find the team that knows what that is. If they're just putting people on there that have never played the game before. What are you doing? Like you, people have to understand the core of that, and it's a it, it's not just a one off game. Like there's a very large story because they all all the games are connected in a sense. Got to pay attention to that because <laughs> that like you were saying that is the the seed that is what makes the game series special. Yeah, it seems like a series that I would have thought at first glance would probably be a film franchise, but. Give you know to your point, given how big it is and interconnected, maybe television's the way to go. Yeah, at least with the budgets that TV and streaming series have these days, you know, look at look at your Game of Thrones and your Lord of the Rings. Like you can make really believable, huge worlds on television. So maybe that makes more sense. You keep setting me up for these segways. <laughs> well, if you're doing it on purpose, or it just keeps me. Just... These these strange new worlds that we're going to. Uh, be, uh... <laughs> In preparation for this conversation, I googled best prequels of all time. Okay. I did that because I couldn't think of a better prequel than Strange New Worlds. I think it's that good. Yeah, I mean, you just posed that question to me right here, right now, and I'm having a hard time thinking of one that would be better than Strange New Worlds. There's like a bajillion list of this on the internet because it's the internet. And... <laughs> of, course, of course, there's a bajillion list of and... anything. And a lot of the answers are super unsatisfying. <laughs> I don't know if you know this area, but Temple of Doom takes place one year before Raiders oh, for of the Lost Ark. I'm count. like, I'm like, right? Or The Godfather Part Two is partially in the past. Okay, well, sure, but that's not a prequel. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's a sequel with like parts in the past. I don't even know what the hell. Yeah, you don't call that. don't count flashbacks as a prequel. What are we doing here, folks? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the good and the bad and the ugly is a prequel. Oh, really? To like a uh, fistful of dollars or something? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the third <laughs> one is like the first one chronologically. Okay. That is way before my time. And I, that, that's a time of film that I have a tough time getting into because the editing is just so slow. I, but yeah, this series was outstanding. I thought. I wholeheartedly agree. For a lot of reasons. Uh, the first of which has to be said is Anton Mount's quaff. I mean, my God, <laughs> incredible hair for a 49 year old. Oh, yes, 
Uh, absolutely. Just just immaculate. And they work it. They they work it. Yeah, they do. They did the thing they did with um, uh, Krasinski, where they were early on in that very first episode where they were trying to hide how handsome he was. So they give him like this really <laughs> shitty wig, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. But yeah, he he's he's not just he's not just handsome. He's great in the role. All it's it, it's extraordinarily well cast. Yeah, they come together know... like fast. You know, like the you feel like the yes. the crew gels yes. well from the get go. Yeah, like like the best sitcoms and uh, dramas of all time. They 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 they're the well. How do I, how do I want to say this? It, it, it's a show that feels like it's in the third season already by like the third episode. Yeah, when most of those characters, except Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine's characters, like did not exist <laughs> in Star Trek continuity at all, basically before the show. Uh, the the balance is perfect of new characters we don't know anything about and new takes on old ones. Yep, yep. Uh, Uhura in particular has been really interesting, and good on them for recognizing her importance to to the the franchise. Yeah, I like that that aspect of, and, and Star Trek's done this in a number of different uh, capacities. I think uh, in the more modern era, the whole original series cast gets that reverence. It's not all about Kirk. And maybe some Spock. the The whole cast get gets gets some love in 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 one way, shape, or form or another in one series or another. But they they all do, and I, I think that's a testament to the the whole team has to come together to be significant, not just one individual. It's the whole. I mean, it's woven into the whole fabric of the whole idea of the show. But it's glad to see them, you know, walk in the walk. They they've done a good job with the aesthetic as well. You know, because you, you gotta know, you gotta be a little retro, right? And then, mm-hmm. but then also like our expectations of what a spacefaring society would be has shifted. It's so... it's a very old version of a of a of a, of, a, of a future that it's based on. I you know there's a there's an episode I always go back to when we're talking about this of a, of the original series where Spock literally uses a mixtape to get to <laughs> to get through security. It's the Home Alone two gambit, like literally. <laughs> but you know, in sixty three, that or what sixty whatever, it, that was, yeah. that, that looked that looked high. <laughs> yeah, right. So they, yeah, they, they, and then they, they, it, it does look good. It, even it, it does look futuristic, even though it is retro. It's very much like Bioshock's uh, design aesthetic in that way. Yeah, I can see that. They found a way to like take Art Deco and make it look new, and it's got Easter eggs and references, but. They're not heavy-handed. Like it's the perfect, perfect balance. Yeah, it's not just a uh, referential show where it's constantly pointing at, like, ah, ah, ah. Like it tells its own stories, but it's it's in the same world. It's the past of what we know. So, and I, I feel like the juggling act of doing all that, plus having the time travel, or like. Uh, you know, uh, Pike knows what's going to happen to him. I guess aspect of the whole thing. That's the most brilliant. Part I of marvel the show. at this that they've did this without fucking it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just man, the quote-unquote main character is like the audience. He knows what's coming. That is such a smart way to do it. And it, like you said, it doesn't. It's not forced. It, it probably should feel forced. So it's really remarkable that it doesn't. I kept waiting for them to like give him some kind of space amnesia so he would 
so they could just like set that aside or like not have to wrestle with it. But instead, they make him morally wrestle with it. They double and, down. Yeah. And it's like, well, that yeah, that's actually good for this character. Like it develops him in a way that ha- he hasn't had, uh, hasn't been developed before. So awesome. But damn. Yeah. That's and treacherous it, waters. <laughs> It makes him seem more heroic. He's got this really horrible thing coming, but he's still super optimistic. Yeah. About about his future and that of this, you know, this fledgling space world of nations that he's working for. Which is imperfect, as we see in the way that they treat number one. Yeah. Rebecca Romaine's been really great in that role. I didn't think she had that yeah. in her. Yeah, yeah. And and, and maybe Hollywood just typecast her because she yeah. Because because of her looks, but you know you know she's older now, still still pretty. Don't get me wrong, but not not the quote unquote hot chick anymore. Now she, now she can do a serious drama and she's doing it really well. Again, some of the, the tangential these these little things they've tied in that are kind of cool, but it's if you know them, it's fine. You know, like you know, Lon being condescending or yeah, right, yeah, or uh, the reference to Spock's half brother. Yep. Ethan Beck has been he's probably been the best cast because to to have to follow Nimoy is not easy to do as Zachary Quinto God bless him can tell you yes and it's he's he's pulled it off I mean and that's that's real tough like I I know there was like a lot of like speculation and backlash and whatever in that first season of Discovery and what have you but like uh, he's like a mainstay I don't know it just it works he, he, you believe him in the role. They do interesting things with Spock. It just it works out. They're leaning into the fact that he's not he's not Spock we know yet, right? And they're, do, they're doing it very deftly. He's still kind of figuring out, he, trying to find that balance with his human and Vulcan side, which is always to find the character. And again, we we know where it's going to go, but we don't know how he's going to get there. So it's it's super compelling in that regard. It's shockingly compelling in that regard. I know, right. <laughs> It could. The whole thing could be rote. The whole thing could have just been a cookie cutter experience from beginning to end. A couple of seasons, everybody forgets it. Doesn't really matter. Instead, it's like had this impact and probably the the best Star Trek series uh, out there running right now. Pick, I, don't get me wrong. I, I don't. I don't think any of them are are, are bad per se, uh, but it's just shockingly good. I, I think that season would probably, if you were going to do a power ranking of the whole damn franchise, would rate pretty high. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to really sit with it and, and think about it. Because some of those Next Generation and DS9 seasons were phenomenal as well. But it, it would be up there. The only thing I think that kind of bugged me, the guy that played Kirk, we get him in that last episode. Oh, right, yeah. It feels like a miscast. Hmm. That, that's tough. That's that's so fucking iconic. Yeah. But they went for it. They tried. Uh, mm-hmm. you know good on them for that yeah they weren't they weren't afraid to do it yeah they, they're they like you, you can't just have kirk show up at the end of the show like you know let's say they go five seasons and like season five that last episode be like yo <laughs> the new captain you know you've, you've got <laughs> you've, they have this sense of you know you have to you have to work the tapestry uh in the right way uh to to make it all believable yeah and to that point he'll he'll have other chances to maybe come into that role most certainly if they if they do this right yeah it was so good and i didn't expect it to be like that 
Yeah. Because I, I, Discovery really, that pilot really hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I couldn't go back to it for, and I still haven't gone back to it, even though people say, keep telling me, it does get better. It does, for sure. And the, uh, well, you know, the, the Picard's reception has been very mixed. And I, it's, I think it's a different kind of show, you know, it just, it's, it, it, it definitely plays with a lot of ideas that I think, um, uh, Star Trek is done in different ways. It's not like, it's not a Star Trek show, but it's the formula of it. If the, if you were to say it has a formula, it's just, it's just different. I don't know. It's fun, but it's, it's, it gets wild and kind of wacky sometimes too. It's definitely more fan servicey. Yeah. There, there's no getting around that. And, and. I don't know. I think that's okay. You kind of alluded when you when you were praising Strange New Worlds just now that part of it is it's the ensemble really does work for it. But as the title suggests, this is this is Picard it's supposed to be Picard's show, and I think I guess they've realized that was a mistake because it really is going to be the Next Generation season eight for this this last run here next month. Yeah, which I'm here for. And it, it, it retreads a lot of stuff. It's it, yet another bad Romulan storyline. I don't know how they keep fucking that up, but they do. And then, hey, it's the Borg again. Okay. All right, fine. Yeah. Classic Been there, done that. Picard villains. <laughs> but the cast was strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do and it's, it's got that similar blend of old and new that serves Strange New Worlds very, very well. So I, I think I'm definitely... Probably again, once again, half glass full with this one rather than it. But the internet hates it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like just finds yeah. it completely irredeemable. But I, I do enjoy it. Same. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for season three, and I think that's the last one. So I'll be curious to see what they do if they can really only juggle like two or three live action shows at once for quality reasons or budget reasons or whatever they may be. Uh, I'll be curious to see then what comes after Picard. Uh, when that's wrapped up, like, where are they? What are they going to touch on next? All I really, really want, if I, if I got one wish, is that it, it does come after Picard. Yeah, no more prequels, you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, but just because Swiss Trek does a lot of that, and I don't think they need to. It's yeah, that to was forward looking. Yeah, and that was actually one of the interesting things. I thought Discovery is trying to do. That's not a huge spoiler. I won't explain why they do it, but you know, it, it starts as a prequel, right? To like everything, but then they jump forward in time at the end of season three, I think. So they are way forward in time of everything. And one of the concerns I had when that happened, and they were gonna like start setting the show in that timeline, because they make it abundantly clear there's no going back. <laughs> mm. Um is like are they going to be able to really like believably build that out whatever the future is like how do they how do they show the future of the future like that that's that seems difficult to me i am not a creator or writer of any kind so yeah maybe my skills are just you know zero in that area and clearly i had ideas and uh i think it really worked out i think it also makes some fertile ground for them to do stories in that timeline or even between like you were just saying cyrus between picard and when that the, the discovery starts season four starts that there's plenty to fill in now uh where ripe territory for somebody to come in and make stories in there somewhere yeah and you know i thought initially that's where they were going to go with season three 
it looked like they were setting up until the very end there um a stargazer series oh yeah but then no we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy died past she's a borg now and uh yeah about a big bada boom we're out <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're done <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, we're bringing the we're bringing the real cast back. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I I mean, I'm okay with that, but it was just right, <laughs> talk about subverting my expectations. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's gonna be a tricky thing to negotiate moving forward. Like the idea of like a good Borg collective. Yeah. I don't even know what you do with that. A uh, quirky office comedy. <laughs> call, it, call it the cube. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we're on the same exact wavelength. <laughs> Well, I had the office like theme song going in my head when you said that, but they're all like borged out. <laughs> yeah, right. Bring your full circle before we get out of here. Legend of Ox Machina. How much of it have you watched? Just the first season. I haven't had a chance to dip into season two yet, but I'm excited to do so. So, uh, so with, with, for someone who has like no background from the streaming series it's based on, or and as, as just you know, a tangential Dungeons and Dragons fan, like what's your take on it? I'm fascinated by this. It's just a hell of a lot of fun, and I like the the characters. Uh, they're all fun. Uh, there's like a a blend of things that are taken seriously and not taken seriously that I really like about it. I think I like a lot of the, some of the other uh, fantasy shows. The blend of magic and all the different other character types just works really well for me in that show. And and everybody kind of knows. I don't. I I guess I. I struggle sometimes in watching shows where like it's really hard to do magic or they have to spend forever and a day in many episodes explaining how somebody gets their ability or whatever. And sometimes that works well, but like when it holds the whole universe back, because I know like this would be a place where magic is commonplace if you're a wizard or uh, a druid or something like that, and you're you're you have different classes of people and they that should all just be baked in from episode one. And I think Box Machina does that well. And then they have a really good story. At least they did for season one, I thought. And I really liked the the characters and their portrayals. It was just a, it was just a ball of fun. Like I just it was hard to stop the ep- the episode to go to bed at night. Like the you know, as as one episode ended into the next one. It just it's always it the just highest praise. Yeah, it was that for me. Uh, I'm excited for season two and, and I, I heard there's like another Mighty Nine or something like that that just got a show. They, yeah, it's it's doing so well. They went ahead and greenlit their their second batch of characters, their their second campaign, the Mighty Nine. That's awesome. Yeah, I I was I didn't think it was going to hit that hard. Uh, partially because I'm a little disappointed in it. Ironically enough, oh. it's not, and it's not that it's bad, but the streaming series could really take its time to both good and bad there. So the characters were. I, I'm finding a lot of the drama not as good. Ah, okay. Because they're uh, they're definitely. And I, I my sense of this is this is probably the right call. I, I just I'm not the target audience because of my affiliation with the uh, the IP is they're kind of trying to make sure they get to the action sequences. Ah, uh, okay. So some so some of the stuff that I think really had a chance to breathe with these very talented actors and it, it's the first iteration of the storyline. It's just not as good because it can't be. But I think that's okay. I mean, the, the original stuff's still there. If, if you want to go back and, you know, really watch them hash those those group dynamics out, you can. 
and maybe they'll build they'll build the dynamics out a little bit more in the other stories and kind of take elements of what should have happened in a season one and put some in season two. I don't know. I'm just thinking, especially now that maybe they, they've seen that it's, it's successful. So there's, there's kind of a commitment to doing more episodes as opposed to, eh, do it and see what happens. Who knows? Well, I can tell you non-spoilery because I, I'm 100% caught up um, that they are doing that. They're doing that thing where they, uh, it, that lost made famous where the narrative is being grounded in a, a one, each episode is being grounded in a, a character's past. Okay. Yeah, as, as a way to kind of fill in those backstories. And so far through six episodes, it's they're doing it very well. I'm enjoying season cool. two more. Okay. Good to hear. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, they just, they know so many famous people they're friends with. So the, 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 the voice talent cast is just fantastic. <laughs> Like everybody is someone you you know, <laughs> whether That's you know awesome. their name or not. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Like Lance Reddick showing up as like the the art villain. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it, it's and it's for a character that he's really well suited for too. So that that's very cool. I don't know if they've announced a third season. I think I saw I saw that. So I I I, so I think they'll tell the whole series there for the first one. Cool. Because there's three major arcs, I would say, in terms of like you know, with different antagonists. Okay. Uh, the Briarwoods being the first one, and then the second one, if they wanted to go along, there's enough material there they could do two seasons just on that because there was just so much material. I don't think they will, is my sense of it, but yeah. But so I, I think it'll probably be three and out. Still, I mean, I'd rather have that and done well than them trying to drag it out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that maybe that also explains the Mighty Nine deal of like, well, we know that where this is going to end, and we need the next big thing from y'all. So let's do this. Yeah, and you know, there, there's there's a, the third series is being writ as we speak, you know, weekly too. So, and that one's a hell of a lot of fun too. That 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 one's got the quirkiest characters. Okay. Tone has been super. I, I like that it's like it's very TVMA. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unlike a lot of other shows even that that are maybe tvma like it's the characters know they're not in a tvma or that they're in a tvma uh type situation and it's it's fine we're all grown-ups here this is not uh, not a kid's show that was ballsy of them to do and to, to pitch it that way yeah and i think that's where the kicks served them was they'd already they were like well if you guys don't like this we're just we don't have to take this contract i've <laughs> 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 already paid for the damn thing so that I, I yeah, so I don't know. Well, maybe that's not maybe that's not brave. They just because they already had the money in their back pocket. But I guess in that regard, good on Amazon for realizing. Okay, let 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 let's see if they if they, these guys know what they're doing. We'll, we'll let's do it their way. Yeah, and there's an audience for these more adult-oriented animated things. It's not all just you know kids stuff. We've got two generations at least now of Westerners who've grown up with outside animation that doesn't see it that way right it's not it's just it's, it's no longer synonymous with disney right yeah even though they are still the biggest player sure i hope the recession doesn't hurt it too much moving forward in the in the near future yeah yeah i guess that remains to be seen my understanding is it, it's hard to get new stuff made right now everybody wants a sure thing yeah which yeah, is look for <laughs> Like forward to Top for Gun 3. Yeah, right. It's just great for creativity is what I was going to say. 
well, the only like auteur films are just going to be an absolute hell, I think, for at least a year or uh, two, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. They're just going to be very reluctant. They're even more reluctant, I think, to do things that aren't proven properties for the, at least for the, the near term. Unless you're Kate Blanchett and you want to make it, you want to be a composer or whatever that thing is. <laughs> sure, a tar. A tar, yeah. Doesn't it have like an accent on it for some unknowable reason? Yeah, I, I, I just say tar because I've actually only ever read it. I don't, I've never watched a movie or seen a trailer, so I don't know. Is it, is it tar or tar? Or I, I, no, I think it is tar, which is why I don't know why there's an accent there. Was there, I, <laughs> usually when you have diacritics, it's because there's some kind of confusion, but it's like, I don't know how else I would. Tar? I don't. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. But... What were they worried about there? Yeah, it's a person's name, so I assume there's some, you know, maybe a language translation thing that you know is needed. Your guess is as good as mine. I've heard good things about it. I probably will watch it at some point. I'd love to have the uh, time flexibility to do <laughs> something like that, like go through those Oscar-nominated <laughs> films and and watch them someday, someday. My kid doesn't want to watch, uh, you know, an unboxing video on YouTube for the billionth time or whatever. She controls the TV, not not us, until she goes to bed. So I understand that paradigm, but I'm flummoxed by that choice. What, what is <laughs> It's an not unboxing video? Well, so, that you know, these uh, it, that's one of the main things she watches uh, on YouTube. Of course, you know, we're keeping her safe from uh, sure. the ungodly elements of YouTube that, that, that exist out there, but... Um, you know, she liked her, her Paw Patrol and, uh, and, and, uh, what have you. But, uh, right now there's a new Disney show called Super Kitties that, uh, she's very into. Um, and the cats are in boxes? Uh, no, no, no. So that the unboxing is separate from Super Kitties. I'm just, <laughs> okay, uh, okay, just, okay. Uh, but the, the, you know, you can buy these, like, you ever seen them in the, like the store, like these little plastic balls or in these little, like, uh, they, they're just like these, these, like, tiny toys like tiny they're literally like a a replica of an action figure box with an action figure inside but it's like the size of your thumb instead of an actual action figure and then they pack these these balls these plastic balls with a few of them and they like wrap them so you don't know which one it's like the trading card thing from our youth but now with little on you know collectible figures from Disney characters, Marvel characters, any any Disney property. That's the ones that my daughter likes, but they have other stuff. Yeah, too. I, I got you. Every generation has this has this tchotchke that they're super new. Yeah. But the amount of plastic waste that is generated these days. With, and so there's these like YouTube accounts where if you don't want to spend a bajillion dollars getting your kid all the stuff that turns into just a heap of landfill material, you just like this lady will like go on YouTube and have a top-down camera of just her hands and open 50 of these things at once and get excited and react to each of the thing that they pull out and they'll tell you if it's rare, or common, ultra-rare, whatever. And so my kid likes to watch these and kind of pretend that she's the lady that's op- unboxing the stuff. Sure, okay. Occasionally ask us if she could get one of those, but it's not like we have to get 50 of them. You know, she has like one. <laughs> and, you know, she also gets entranced for a few minutes and that, that helps us get stuff done around the house vast majority of the screen time is stuff like that and super kitties and pop Patrol. These are, these are valid choices for, for life. I'm here for it. I just was like, what is in the, <laughs> not to be all Brad Pitt. What's in the box. Yeah. You know, some of them are kind of cool. You know, like they, like they take like a little Mjolnir, like as if it were a toy and they box it in a little, pl- in a little box. And then you can, you have a little toy Mjolnir. That's like, you know, I'm doing. Uh, nobody can see my my fingers. I think it's pronounced Mew Mew. Yeah, yes, pretty much. <laughs> you know, 
it's neat that they do it. I can't believe that they do this. And like people just, you know, they, they have like little tiny replicas of like fast food. Get your Hardee's burger, your your White Castle stuff, a little soda from Subway. Let people collect these this stuff. Oh, listen, I'm into miniatures, so I, I totally get it. <laughs> I just didn't, yeah, I just didn't realize it had reached like an unboxing level, a video kind of level of cultural penetration. Yeah, yeah. and these people get millions of views, millions. Wow. Okay. Well, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I won't be doing it, but sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know. Now that you pointed out, I am like, oh, that is a lot of plastic. Oh, it's like the the ball is not just a two hemispheres that pop open. No, my friend, it opens like an orange into six individual slices, and each of those has a plastic seal on it that you tear open, and then the thing is inside. So you have six orange slices worth of plastic, <laughs> plus the seal for each one of those slices. Right. Plus the two rubber ends that make the whole thing a ball shape, and two wrappers of plastic that go around it for each of these little blind ball things. So if I'm doing my math correctly, you can kill ten dolphins with one of these. Easily, easily. Sweet, great. I think this has been a fantastic first episode of 2023. A lot happened in just a few, a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Year's gonna go. <laughs> the rest of the year's gonna go. Well, I'm making a pledge right now. We're doing a February episode. Okay. It's going to happen. I don't know why I'm it never board. happens ever in the history of the show. but we're, we're... <laughs> We should make that the anniversary episode. <laughs> but it's, it hasn't happened yet. It can't be an anniversary by definition. It's I mean, so I'm sure special. it's happened at some point, but it's been a long damn time. That yeah, we've yeah. done one in February. For real. <laughs> Maybe something else terrible will happen and we'll have to talk about it. Ugh. Yeah, January January was tough this year though. I think you know, I think it, it all worked out for the most part, but goodness gracious. Ariel Rodriguez of Austin, Texas. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for having me as always. I've been Cyrus Mortazavi, reminding you to please control the pet population, have your pets spayed or neutered. This has been Full of Sunday Free Podcast. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sunday Free Podcast are available at full of or by subscription at wherever the hell you get your podcasts. This has been a Great Source Studios production, copyright 2023.